So I want you to take your Bible out to Genesis chapter 1 right now, and we're going to build up in this. The reason why I'm starting in Genesis, and we're actually going to be preaching and teaching out of Ephesians chapter 4 at the end of our message today, but I want to start in Genesis because I want to lay a foundation. There's a lot of things that the Bible teaches us, and the Bible talks about how important it is to go back to the beginning of things. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we did that last week with relationships, understanding what it was about and how God created us and the purpose and the intention. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Think about what God is saying with that. And I know this is kind of review from last week, but he was saying in that passage, he says, let us. It wasn't just God. It was God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the unity, the Trinity, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, working together to form creation. The cool thing about it is God said, let us make man in our image. Literally, let us make man to communion, to have connection, to be more than one. You were created with needs. You were created to be different than the people you're sitting next to. You were created to be, in some ways, even opposite. It's awesome how God took man and he took woman and he said they're so different and he brings them together in marriage and he makes something beautiful. That's how God created it from the very beginning. But there's more that we learn from this. We were meant to be connected, but the way that God connects us is the thing that I want to focus on today. Man, how do relationships stay strong? How do we stay connected to friendships? How do we stay connected to God? What what did God create at the very beginning to be this connector? Let me do a word study with you guys, okay? So we're just laying a doctrinal foundation. So we'll go from the Old Testament, the New Testament, all the way to Ephesians. So let's back up to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Notice what God does. And the Bible says, and God said, he speaks, let there be light, and there was light. God creates with words. He identifies things with words. He builds up with words. And everything that God was doing, he was doing for the glory of God. If you don't understand the glory of God, literally is what this is, the glory of God is all about. It's anything that we do that points to God. It reflects God's glory. It reflects God's goodness. It points out the greatness of God. So everything, when we get up and we see the sunrise and the sunset and the mountains and all these beautiful things, we sit there and say, wow, that's awesome. When we are connected to the word of God, we're sitting there, wow, how awesome is our God. It brings glory to God. How did he create it? With words. Jump down to verse 20. And God said, let, there be, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life. God speaks and life happens. It's a powerful thing that God created. God speaks life through his words. Look at verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures upon, after its kind. Again, God speaks in words. He speaks words and it happened. Words are tools that God created to bring God glory. You need to understand that. Words are tools that God created to bring God glory. So the question is, how are you using your words? Because in the very beginning of it, the reason that it was created from the beginning was to bring glory to God. His words, let me go through and just lay out that, like the outline of what we just learned. His words bring glory. His words bring life. His words build. His words hold power. His words bring about change. When he spoke, things had an, it had an effect on things around it. He spoke and things happened. The same thing was true in the beginning with Jesus Christ. 
And flip forward to John chapter 1, the Bible says the same thing about God through Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word. He points to the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How cool. It's, God is referencing Genesis and creation, and the Word is describing Jesus in the Bible. The Word is that which connects us to a relationship with God. Now, this is really important for you to understand. It's the Word that connects us to a relationship with God. You say, how did you get saved? I got saved because I heard the Word. I came to church, or I, 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 somebody witnessed to me, or whatever it is. But somewhere along the way, I was able to find out about God and have a relationship. We say it's not about religion, it's about a relationship. How did that relationship start? It happened through words. Look at verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The word brings life, brings direction. It, it, what God spoke, it brought everything to life. And you're sitting there saying, I don't know what this has to do with us. Just wait, I'll, bring, I'll, I'll get to that. It says in verse 14, and the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And you know what he did through that, through Jesus Christ? And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. You know what God did? He established Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came. Jesus Christ spoke word. Actually, it wasn't just that he spoke word. The Bible even referenced him. He is the word. It calls him the word. And then the Bible says that what he did is the word of walking around and communicating. Do you know what his life was all about? It was pointing to the Father. He was, he was constantly bringing glory to God. It's all about the Father, all about the Father, all about God. Pointing to God. The word points to the glory of God. Had purpose. Words are a tool that points to the glory of God. To the point to the righteousness of God. But did you notice what it was full of? It says that it brought glory to God and it was said that it was full of grace and truth. Everything that Jesus was communicating out of his mouth that referenced the glory of God was filled with, with full of grace and full of truth. All that he was doing with this. Grace was constantly pouring out through words the goodness of God. Us receiving and getting what we didn't deserve. Forgiveness, direction, faith, passion, all these things that God gives us. It's important that we get this. And now we have it today through the Word of God. We, we have the written Word of God. It wasn't that they just had Jesus and then God said the Word from the beginning. That's why in Hebrews 4, when it talks about that passage of what He did, for the Word of God is quick, which literally means alive and powerful. So you see, all through the Bible, everything that he spoke about words was consistent. From the very beginnings, he spoke words. It brought glory to God, and it created. It built up. Jesus Christ spoke words. He brought glory to God, and he created, and he gave life. The word of God is quick and powerful. It speaks, and it brings life. Then it changes us. The Bible talks about us receiving the words of God on our end. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When the word of God speaks to our hearts and minds, what does it do? It causes us to react. It causes us to be changed. You're not the same, or you shouldn't be the same after you receive the word of God. It changes us. Life change comes from hearing it. And we know this about God. But what about us? What about us? You're sitting there and saying, well, don't, don't get the idea that I can speak and create life, and don't get the idea that I have the power of God through that. Let me remind you that you were created in the image of God. 
You are a reflection of God. You're created in the image of God. That we are the children of God. All these aspects that he said. And God has given us this powerful tool of speech. God has given us this powerful tool of words. Now I'm going to give you a verse before we get into Ephesians. And I want you to get this powerful. And you say, man, I know what God said about his word and about him speaking from Jesus Christ, the word of God, and even God at the beginning in the Trinity. But let me apply it to us. This is what God said. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You talk about some powerful differences. It's not just being poetic for you to sit there and say, oh, that's cute, that's nice. No, 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 he wasn't. He was literally saying the power that we have in, in our lips, the power that we have through our speech changes things. Let me give you an illustration. Maybe you've even seen this or experienced this before. This is a tool, this is a hammer. It's a simple tool, it's the most basic tool that we have. And it's amazing how this tool has the ability to do one of two things. I can either tear something apart or I can build it up. It just depends on what's in my heart. If somebody makes me mad, I'll tell you what, I could go out to their car and, and, and do some damage to their car. I, I, I could do that. If to somebody's house or throw through a window or whatever, I, it's, it's a powerful tool. It just depends on what's in my heart. But I also can, if I had it, and I want to build something for my wife, or I want to create something for my family, if I want to make something better, if it's in my heart out of love, I can take this same tool that I have in my hand, I can create something and build it up and make it stronger. It just depends what's in your heart. And this is talking about the illustration of how powerful words are. Let me tell you, show you how powerful words are. If you've ever gone up to somebody and you're dating them, okay, and you say those words that you've been wanting to say, and you say the words to them, I love you. That's a game changer. You know, it's funny how you're, you're, you're wanting to say that. I don't know if I'm really feeling this, and I don't know if they're going to receive it. I don't know if they're going to give it back. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, accepted in that. And you pour out those words, and then they turn back to you, and they say, I love you too. And all of a sudden, there's, there's a connection there. It's like, okay, this is real. This isn't just... Uh, flirting anymore. This isn't just dating anymore. How about the words, will you marry me? I can't wait to see you. He did an amazing job. I'm so glad I have you in my life. See, the words demonstrate and express value to somebody. Words like this can cause you to fall in love. Words like this can make your day. They can lift your spirit. They can change your direction. They can draw you closer together. I'll tell you, words can do the opposite. They can push you far apart. You drive me crazy. I can't stand you. You know, it's like, depends on what you say. It has an effect on people. Here's the thing. We are hardwired by God to connect through words. We're hardwired by God all the way from the very beginning. You say, I don't know if it makes a difference. And people today will just flippantly say things to people and say, I don't care. I just, that's what I was feeling. That's what I was saying. Do you realize that you were created the very DNA of your being? You were hardwired by God to create, to connect to other people through words. That's how God created us. But I have to get into this because this is the truth. We're talking about relationships. It's complicated. Why are relationships so complicated? Well, because we have opposition. So let me show you back in Genesis, just as a review, when Satan came in to try to push them together. Remember, you were created with needs. So when God, every person in your life supplies a need for you, they, they build you up, they make you better. God said to Adam, it's not good that you should be alone, dude. I'm not going to leave you alone. 
I'm going to bring somebody into your life to help you. That's what he said, the physical thing. And that was before the fall of man. You know what it was? God was saying, I'm going to create you with needs. The same way that flowers need dirt and dirt needs uh, the, the water. And, and the water and the plants need the sun. And, and, and the flowers need bees. And it's, it all works together in harmony. God created it that way. God created every single one of us to need other people in our lives. We fulfill We push, we admonish, we make each other stronger, we make each other better through these. And Satan slips into here and he says, and the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that God had made. And he said, and he does the opposite. He says, I know what, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He used words, he picked up that same tool and he turned around and he said, yeah, I know God created this, this, this tool of words to do something. And he stepped in that relationship and he began to tear down what God said. And from that, we have the curse and the problems that we have today. Here's the thing. Those words that we flippantly say today can lead to divorce. I don't know why I ever married you. You drive me crazy. I can't stand you. You're just like your mother. And those, those words can lose to, uh, lead to losing respect with people. You say something flippantly at, at, at a gas station and you're standing there and somebody on the other side that knows you that goes to church and say, man, I can't believe that they said that. And you're talking about words that are corrupt. A few words can destroy. It's, it's only those few words that you say to your wife can have, be, be, have an effect on her that's beyond description. A few words can destroy your testimony. A few words can destroy your relationship with your kids. I want to make application of this because... And, and now we're going to go to Ephesians. And Ephesians it was a book written to this church, the church of Ephesus. And inside this book, it's a book of relationships. Actually, if you go to a marriage conference or something, more than likely, you're probably going to have the pastor turn to the book of Ephesians. It's, it's in there. Let me give you an illustration. This is what it is. These are verses that we know about, all about relationships. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians 6.1. Ephesians 6.4. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Talking about relationships. Ephesians 5.25, husband, love your wives as Christ so loved the church and he gave himself for it. Talking about relationships. Then you get in the middle of this, Ephesians chapter 6, talks about spiritual warfare. Then he says, let me tell you about relationships, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not about mom and dad and children and parents. It's about an opposition behind the scenes that pushes us apart constantly. Constantly working, and it talks about the spiritual warfare. And he gets in Ephesians 4 and he says, let me tell you how it works. I, I, I want to just take the rest of my time and just tell you guys how it works. I want, I, I want you to know how we can make our relationships better and how you as a dad or you as a mom or you as a spouse or you as a grandparent or you as a friend can literally begin to transform your relationship as you begin to drift apart. And I promise you this happens all the time. We're drifting apart in our relationship. And God says, let me show you, I created a powerful thing called words and he pulls us together through words. God says, I created a powerful thing, connection through spouse. I'm gonna pull you together through words. As Satan tries to push us apart and he tries to splinter and destroy families. Let me show you the power of God's words. Ephesians 4, 2, this is what he said, with all lowliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. People are going to make you mad. People you love will irritate you. Can I get an amen right there? 
Like you're sitting there saying that happened today. I, I, I have people that I love and they, they, they make me later. They get on my nerves or the, we argue about where to go to eat and what to do after church and all this other stuff. People you love will drive you crazy. They absolutely were. And then we end up saying things that we don't mean, but in the moment we say things that we regret. He had a powerful teaching. He said, I'm going to tell you how to treat one another with long suffering forbearing one another, dealing with one another, in love. You say, why do I bite my tongue? Because I love them. We have to. Then he says, endeavoring to keep the bond of the unity of peace. He said, I promise you this. If you want unity in your family, it's not going to naturally happen. You better fight for it. If you want unity between you and your kids, I'm going to tell you right now, you've got to fight for it. And he gives us the teaching of how to do this. Jump down to verse 29 and we'll park the rest of the time right here. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto its hearers. I told you guys last week that we're going we're gonna to address an issue that I know that's going to be sensitive. So I need you guys to listen with your hearts. Because I promise you, a lot of us are going to sit there and be like, well, that's not me. And we begin to justify the things that we do and the way that we act. I promise you, if we don't get this in our hearts right now, Satan will use our words to destroy every relationship that we have in our future. And I'm going to be blunt, and I'm going to be real with you as I speak through this. There are couples here today that are in messes today because of this issue. There are parents here that have lost connection with your kids because of the issue of your words, your attitude, and how you speak. There are friendships that that have been severed because of this. Let me say, it matters what you say. God brings people into your life for the glory of God. God brings people into your life to make you better because you need people. And words are constantly either bringing you together or pushing you apart. You say, man, I don't know why we're not close anymore. I don't know why my wife doesn't talk to me. I don't know why she doesn't open up. If if you have a smart mouth and you're constantly pushing her away, that is the reason. We do it to ourselves. We have some parents with the attitude and the way we come across, and our kids never want to open up to us. They never want to talk to us. And when we do speak truth into them, they've got their guard up. Why? Because you lash out with your words. The Bible literally explains this in this passage, that we are missing out on the mission of God because we have manipulated and we've abused the power of our words. The question is, are you accomplishing God's plan? If you say, I'm not talking to them anymore, all we do is argue, or my kids get on my last nerve and I just let them have it, or I yell at my kids, or you curse at your kids and all these different things, you are not doing the mission that God's giving you to do. But what if, what if we decided to get serious about this? And if God says it and this is right, we just decided to live this out. So then we decided to make some things right. I, I just have two main points. Listen to this. Number, question number one, do you use your words to hurt? Do you use your words to hurt? Here's what the Bible says in verse 29 again. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. He literally says, you're doing one of two things. Remember, every time you speak, every time you open your mouth, you're doing one of two things. You're either tearing them down or building them up. 
Every time you have an opportunity to speak into somebody's life, whether it be at a restaurant, whether it be a waitress, whether it be at a date night, whether you're sitting there telling your kids, whether you came home from work, you're either building them up or tearing them down every single time. You say words are neutral. No, words aren't neutral. That would be great if it was. The Bible literally says there's power in the tongue to either bring life or death. There's power in the tongue either to bring connection or division. You have a choice. All the time we have the choice to do these things. This is how the world speaks around us. I just say what I want to say. I'll give you a piece of my mind. I told them off. I put them in their place. I ripped their face off. I cussed them out. All these types of words that we say, if you're in a bad mood, you let your kids have it. You call your wife names. You tell your boss off. You cuss at them. You run your mouth on social media. With every corrupt word, you are, you are literally spreading corruption. The word right here says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That is the same word that's used for rotten fish or rotten food. It's, it's the same description. So imagine it like this, and you say, it doesn't matter what I'm saying. It's either building them up or tearing them down. And the, the Bible has given this illustration. Would you dig through the trash to bring out food, to set it on your table and give it to your kids and say, you should eat that. And you say, no, I would never do that. When you dig through the trash of your heart to bring out corrupt communication and you give it to them, it's the same illustration. Amen. It's like, what are you doing? So I don't know why there's division in my home. I don't know why there's strife. I don't know why we're always, there's tension. I don't know why there's always fighting. This is the reason why. It's corrupt. It's rotten. It tears you apart. You use your words as a hammer to tear them down. We need to own up what we're doing because Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You think about that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Every encounter of every relationship that we have makes a difference of this. Once it leaves your mouth, you can't get it back. I, I don't know if Nathan Lapish is in here. I got permission to share this story with him. So Nathan and I were, we, we finished, uh, Awana was over and we were all hanging out and the kids were upstairs and Nathan came up to me and he was like, he said, uh, we're, we're going on a trip. I'm really excited over the next couple of weeks. We've saved up this money. We're going to Disney World with the kids. And then we're going to get to go see family while we're down there. Family or friends, I can't remember why they're down in Florida. And I was all excited for them. I thought, this is so kid- cool. And the kids ran in. I walked up to the kids and I said, it's so cool that you guys get to go to Disney World. And the kids turned and went, what? We're going to Disney World? And Nathan looked at me and he said, it's a surprise. I'm like, not anymore. I'm like, what did I do? I was, I, I felt so bad and I, I put it out. So, you know, the pastors are fixers. That's what we do. I said, what I meant to say is you guys are going to Florida to go see your family. And they were like, we're going to Florida to see. And he said, that's also a surprise. <laughs> and Nathan was like, please stop talking. <laughs> You're ruining every surprise that we have. And I'm like, how do you fix that? It's not like they could go out to their car and say, you know, Pastor Tony, we can never believe a word he says. Or Pastor Tony, you know he's a liar. You know, I mean, what do you say to that? You know, we, we, we give these words and we say this and it's like, I want to pull it back. You can't pull it back. Words are powerful. Man, these kids are dancing around the church. They're so excited, and I'm just crying. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, like, I ruined everything. These parents work hard at everything. So I know what you're all thinking. We're like, we're not telling him a word about you. It's like, I get it. I've learned my lesson. I'm a better man. But there's damage done. That's why God said, you understand 
that every one of us are defiled. Every one of us have it in our hearts. And I promise you, even if you're a Christian, you're going to think bad things. You're going to be aggravated. You're going to be mad. You're going to do things. But what he was saying is don't let it leave your lips because when it, once it does, you begin to swing that hammer at your relationship and at your friends and at your coworkers in a way that you cannot take back. Let's read it again. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto hearers. It's not just are you hurting people with your words. Let me ask you this. Are you helping people with your words? Do you use your words to help? You have a responsibility. You have you are accountable to God with the power of God's words, with the power that the tool that God is giving you. You have a responsibility with the kids in your life. You have a responsibility to help them. It said right there that you might edify to build them up. Let me, let me tell you, and a lot of times we sit there and say, oh, so I'm supposed to just walk around just, you know, dancing on clouds and rainbows and just being kind and nice all the time. I'm, I'm, the Bible tells us and commands us to speak truth. Literally, if your kids are doing wrong, you should confront them. If your friends are doing wrong, you should confront them. But you speak the truth in love. There's nothing wrong. Remember, God came. He was spoke the truth. He was filled with truth and grace. I'm not telling you that you're not to be confrontational. But I'm telling you, the Bible even says in this passage, there's so much in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 that I could point out. We just don't have the time about it. And he, he talked about be angry and sin not. See, the thing is, you're going to get aggravated at your neighbor for letting his dog do his business in your yard. You're going to get aggravated when your kids do dumb things. Never mind. All these illustrations just warned my head. And I said, no, I'm not going to let it proceed out of my mouth. So there's this one illustration. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. All right. <laughs> you sit there and say, I just, give a, I just say whatever comes to my mind. I mean, I'm going to speak the truth and love right now to you guys, okay? Can I do this? Proverbs 18.6. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth calleth for strokes, abuse. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. If you are the type of person that you say, I just say whatever comes to mind, and I tell my kids off, or my kids are scared of me because of my words, you are a fool. It's not me saying that. You talk about why I struggle, why I struggle, why I struggle, why I have a hard time staying in a relationship with a girl or a guy, why you struggle with the fact that you cannot connect to your spouse, why you struggle so much where your kids don't come to you. Because a lot of times, every time they do, and you just throw up all this corruption on them, it comes from anger and strife or pride or arrogance, and you're constantly doing that, you are constantly building a block in a wall between you and them. Because let me tell you, no child is ever going to run to a parent just to get more corruption. They're already dealing with grief. We are drawn, naturally drawn to truth and love and acceptance and those things. And even in that moment, the Bible even says in this passage, speak the truth in love. You can say this is not right. You should not be doing that. You are disobeying. It's rebellion or whatever. I'm not telling you to water down truth. But I am telling you that not to throw in the corruption with it. The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise, you the knowledge are right, but the mouth of fools pour out foolishness. 
You see over and over again, and you sit there and say, why am I having so many problems? Spiritually speaking, I'm not being mean. I'm just being honest. It could be just because you're a spiritual fool. You're a fool. You are constantly messing up your relationships, and you, and you need to just, just own it and just saying, I need to figure out that what I'm saying all the time is making me a foolish father, a foolish leader, a foolish mother. But he said, but verse 29, but that which is good to the use of edifying. So let me break it down like this. Your words should help build people. Should help build people. As dads, your words should build them up into the future leaders. Every single time that we have an opportunity to sit down with your kids, to speak truth and lift them up, point out their qualities and point out their good and even point out their flaws and and efforts to edify it's one thing to be a bully and say, well, you're terrible at sports or you're so ugly or I hate your hair or whatever. We're constantly tearing people down through that aspect. But when you go into flaws that they have in their life and you're talking about, hey, it's important that you be on time or it's important that you be in church or it's important that you <clears throat> show up in, in different things that we do, you're, you're building them up because the things that you're speaking into them are edifying to them to make them better of who they should be. Ephesians 4.15, it's talking about speaking the truth in love. It does not mean you ignore problems. So ask yourself this question. Am I speaking life into my relationships? It's either life or death. Think about it, life or death. Let me word it like this. Let me break this down even more. Are your kids better because they're around you? Are they better Christians? Are they going to be a better dad one day? If they, if they talk like you or act like you, are they, would they want to be like you? Are they better Christians because they're around you? With what you say and how you say it. Are they going to be better parents one day because of the way that you parent them? Are your kids going to grow up to be a better husband or wife because of the fact is that they've been watching you for 18, 20 years in that home? Are they going to be, if they turned out like you, if they talk like you, would you be proud of them? If they act like you toward their future spouse, will they have a good marriage or a bad marriage? I'm asking, I'm just saying this. And you say, why is it saying this? Because it's either death or life to their future. It's either death or life to their relationships. Let's read verse 29 again. Second part, but they that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister justice unto the hearers. Is that correct? What is the right word? Grace. Grace. You see, we want to give them what they deserve. That's what justice is. I'll tell you what, you made me mad. I'll give you peace of my mind. You ticked me off this time. That's why I'm cussing at you. That's why I'm cussing at my kids. That's why I'm cussing at my neighbor. I'm going to tell you, you made me mad. And I have good reasons because you did this to my car. You did this to my home. Or you, you cut me off in traffic. Or you didn't give me the time off that I deserve. You made me mad, so I'm going to get you what you deserve. That's not what God gives to us. He says in that passage that you may minister grace. Do you know what a minister is? It's literally like a delivery person. That's what your, your job as a dad is this. Everything that God gives to you, you, you put on a platter and you're able to deliver to your family. And I tell you, if it's corrupt by the time it gets there, it did not come from God. You've missed out on the mission that God's called you to do, to deliver, to minister the grace of God. You know what the grace of God is, that the, what we get from God? We get forgiveness that we don't deserve. I promise you, you don't deserve forgiveness, but God gives it to us, and we are able to replicate that, give it to our kids. Your wife makes a mistake or your kids make a mistake. I'm not saying not to correct it, but I promise you, they deserve the grace of God. And by the way, how will they ever experience or know the grace of God if they don't get it from you first? 
We're ambassadors of God in all these ways. Your words should minister the grace of God. Keep this in mind when you speak. Speak this in mind. When you speak, they should feel like they've encountered Christ through you. When they mess up, especially, you say, that's where I flip my lid, or that's where I get mad, or that's where I lose it. I'll tell you what, when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, when you messed up, what did God do for you? On the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You say, how, how should I be as a parent or a leader or in my relationships? Just study Jesus Christ and you can't go wrong. This is how. And be kind one to another. Next verse. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. And you say, why should I do that? Oh, good question. Even as for God, for Christ's sake, have forgiven you. God is just saying, why don't you just treat them the way that I treat you? <clears throat> Here's the last thing. Your words should be filtered by the Holy Spirit. I know this is hard. Oh, man. People will say things or do things, and your mind just starts, like, booting up, okay? It's just, like, going through, and you're ready just to blabber out all these feelings and emotions or whatever. But I love how honest the verse is. Let no corrupt communication leave your mouth. (laughs) That's what it's saying. You know what it didn't say? Don't let it be cultivated in your head, because I promise you it's going to pop into your head. What the Bible said is just don't let it leave your mouth. Because I promise you, you're going to want to say it. I promise you, you're going to think it. But the Bible says what I'm asking you to do is and you say, I just cannot do that. Man, when I get that, here's something cool about how God works in our lives. When you got saved, God gave you an, an amazing thing. You have the very presence of God with you. The Bible says about the Spirit of God coming inside of your heart. You know what the Spirit of God is? The presence of God with you. And if God is full of grace and truth and God is full of all this greatness that he has, let me tell you what God's going to do in your life. He's going to help you speak in the way that you should speak. Verse 30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know what he was saying through that? Here's what happens. Your mind begins to speak that. And you're sitting there cultivating that in your mind. I'm going to tell them off. Or you're sitting on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you're at. You're ready to tell them off. You're ready to give them a piece of your mind. The Holy Spirit of God living inside of you begins to tell you, don't stop. Cut it off. Walk away. Shut your mouth. You know why God does that? He's our, he's our filtering system to our mouth. God begins to control us and be able to pull us back before you say something dumb. You know why I said grieve the, not the Holy Spirit of God? That's when we resist what he's doing. That's when we, it's the, the Holy Spirit of God is like a fire in our hearts. We begin to pour water on and say, I'm not listening to you. When we end up doing stupid things as parents, it's because we li- did not listen to the Spirit of God. We end up saying dumb things at work is because we did not listen to the Spirit of God. All of these things come out of our hearts. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4.26, it's the same passage, be angry and sin not. And then the next verse, he says, you know what he says? Don't give place to the devil. He literally was saying that. He said, be angry and sin not. Don't give Satan the opportunity to use you to tear people down. And let me tell you the truth of how this happens. And the Bible even speaks of this too. Of come at it. You say, man, I promise, Pastor Tony, I'm just going to be honest and transparent. Man, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I tell my spouse all the time, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to do this again. I promise you, it's my last time. You go to the kids and say, Daddy got really mad today. I'm not going to do this again. Let me tell you how the Bible explains why we keep doing it. 
Well, we tell our kids that I'm not going to cuss at you again. I'm not going to get mad at you again. I'm not going to yell at mommy again. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you fill your mind with, and if it's not full of grace and truth, and I'll tell you, in our culture, we really struggle with this. It's a matter of, man, we, we will fill our minds full of YouTube videos and Netflix series. We'll sit there and fill our minds full of sports and activities and music. And our music, especially when it's not godly music and it's cussing and rebellion and it's cursing and you sit there and fill your mind. The Bible says what's coming out of their mouth. You say, my kid's so rebellious. Let me ask you, what are you pumping into your kid's mind? What are you allowing them to pump into their mind? So, well, this isn't popular. Let me tell you, the world is not for your kids. The world does, it could care less if your kids, I don't know, all they care about is selling uh, that music and getting you to hooked up on this and being able to fill your iPods and everything else with all these things. All they want to do is get it into your head to make them money, but they could care less about the effect that it has on your relationships. Amen. If we're not careful, and the Bible even explains this later, he says, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You say, I want a relationship of life and peace. Well, let me tell you the trick to that. It matters what put you put into your heart and mind. And if you're not there, and this is why I think church is so important. And I tell you, so many things distract us, and especially young families. And you say, man, I'm making a priority because there's so many sports and activities. Do not let anything in this life pull you away from what is best and what is right. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. I'm telling you right now, our relationships of our future are based on the connectivity of our words. Our words bring either life or death. You will either have peace and life and joy and grace and all these other aspects of pulling your relationships together or we're destroying. 